Welcome to another episode of the Heck Yeah Comics Podcast with your hosts, David and Nick. In this episode, we check in with Mark Spector during visiting hours, get our first look at the Sanctum Sanctorum, go to a homecoming with Spider-Man, prepare for a whole lot of Batfleck, and more! Oh, hello there. Oh, hello. See, okay, I'm not saying oh, hello to you, Nick. I'm oh. saying oh, hello to the audience. Oh, oh, um, oh. hello to you too, then. I'm glad I'm... Oh, something. And, uh... <laughs> wow, I do not know what's going on right now, but we're already starting on a high note. <laughs> hey, 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 we can get better. I, I think that we're, we're starting high, but we can get even higher. Uh, Reach for the stars. Probably with some kind of narcotic device. What? Is narcotic the wrong word for Well, narcotic marijuana? device. Is, narc- is, is marijuana considered a narcotic? I, I believe so, yes. I'm also the wrong person to ask for this. And you are, right. like, the, you are like that guy who's like trying to bust into a school and be like, are you kids doing drugs? Uh, by the way, your new keyboard is super loud. Is it? Yeah. They'll understand. Information about marijuana, narcotic okay, news. Okay, stop it, it. It's on narcotic news, so it must be a narcotic. This is not... This we, is, we're this the least fun comic book hosts ever. That can't be true. I mean, we're <laughs> probably pretty low on the list, but... I mean, of exciting comic book podcasts. We're too straight edge. I feel like... We're I remember stra- watching we're this too straight edge? Have you met comic book people? <laughs> yeah, they're not... I mean, they all, like, drink and stuff. Yeah, I drink. I don't drink. I know. So I'm cooler than you. You're like half a point higher than me on the cool scale for eh. comic nerds. Nah. But like I don't know many comic nerds that are like also super stoner. I think that's a that's a pretty wrong conception actually that people might have about comic book people. Like, oh, they're all like immature and children and they probably just get high all the time. It's like not unless we're reading Doctor Strange. Which and then watch kids, yeah, it, like all the time. All the time. It comes actually with a doobie right <laughs> in there. Any Star uh, kids, Strange comic, especially the ones from the 70s, you open them up and there's... Kids there's still kids still use the word doobie, ball. right? That's a thing. Yeah, what, this what is, is showing the Showing is our sp- knowledge. Spliff? Spliff, I think, is a... a how did we get on this subject? <laughs> I blame you. Listen, kids. Drugs are bad. Uh, remember, kids, hugs... Uh, not drugs or hugs for drugs. I can't remember which one it is. Right, hug. We should hug the drugs. That doesn't well, seem like that'll solve anything. Well, I'm just saying, like the drugs aren't feeling like maybe they're just misunderstood. You know what? You know what drugs are, Nick. It's mayhem for your mind. Ah, that actually applies, David. You're getting better. Everything I do applies to everything ever. Yeah. Well. Mm-hmm. Anyway, now that we're off the subject of drugs, Dave, you really got to get that under control. My gosh. Um, welcome, everyone. It's another episode of the Heck Yeah Comics Oh, no one's listening at this point. Totally... No one is listening at this point. Hey, they hey, are I'm gone. I'm trying to be formal here. Trying to, wow, well, you don't need to. I want them to know that 
that they they can leave your drug-addled mind and come to my sophisticated and in control composed uh, anyway, comic books came out again, which kind of prompts us to want to get on the airwaves and talk about them. Man, <laughs> and well, I don't think we're on the airwaves because it's a technical no. podcast. So, like, we're on the digital waves. Digital waves. We're coming That's at how... you on like fifty mega mbps something. If if you pay for that service, some people have more, some people have less. Anyway, we're here to talk about comic books. Some cool stuff came out this week. I think. Uh, no, I, I did. I, I, just, I just realized, like right now, the audience can't see my face as I'm as I'm watching you try to move this forward in I'm... super awkward ways. Uh, it's, Maybe it's a good should, time. Should we do like a video series, like a YouTube thing, where like like we have like the split cam where people see each of us? I mean, and we talk. I, I don't know if people would watch that. Dude, but... people watch pretty diverse stuff like on what YouTube. nick give me some examples can't say cat videos can't say cat videos um okay one of the guys that that uh that wrote the book that became the fault in our stars him and his brother yeah sorry, the his nerd, brother and him nerd were fighting YouTube stars yeah the, what? the nerd fighting thing yeah yeah but i'm just saying that literally started with just two guys posting youtube videos of themselves talking it's called a vlogging yeah, we could literally. Which also a sounds like a really. It sounds like. It sounds dangerous. Yeah, it sounds like something that you would do to hurt somebody. Maybe even sexually. Well. To the Batmobile. Let's go. Let's just talk about comics because there's nothing, nothing good coming out of. I'm just anything saying, else we're pocket, saying. Back pocket the vlogging idea. Yeah, I'll yeah. hold on to that one real tight. Put it, put it right in there. Anyway, uh, David, some eclectic books came out this week kind of a mishmash of different stuff it almost i want i don't want to say it the give it like that fifth week uh death sentence where like they kind of shuffle some like unimportant quote-unquote books into like the fifth week event but it's kind of like for for being the what second week of april so to speak second wednesday for april mm-hmm. it felt like usually in like the the second and third weeks i think we get the brunt of like the big books of the month oh. and then like the first and the fourth week you know, uh, well, I and mean, it's kind of hard because Free Comic Book Day is coming up, and true. and with that, you also have Rebirth and Civil War Two coming up, and everything's kind of gearing towards that. So I don't know what what big stuff there is really that's going to be happening. I guess I guess what I mean big, I don't, I just mean like the big bigger, t- like the t- titles that are higher up in like the top ten, top twenty, top like we're not necessarily be reading all of them. And that's not to somehow discount the quality of the books that might not be in like the top ten to twenty. But if anything, uh, if anything, I thought last week, the first week of April, felt more like a fifth week, with the exception of Poe Dameron and uh, and Black Panther, which were both kind of given room to succeed. Because it's like, oh, Marvel didn't really put a lot out this week. Uh, I guess I'll pick up Black Panther and Poe Dameron. True. They're playing you, people. They're playing you. It's all a conspiracy. Ah, uh, so listen. Um, I don't know where I was going to start going but there with that, is, but I'm glad yeah, I stopped. But there is, you know, one. And true, it's not a top ten book, but for a lot of people, I've been looking forward to this for a while, and that is Moon Knight number one uh, by Jeff Lemire and Greg Smallwood, with uh, colors by Jordi Belair, who is the most prolific colorist in the industry right now. That is oh, very true. Stretched. I, I imagine. 
I, I don't know how many active colorists there are in the industry, but I imagine they're all stretched very thin. True, but I feel like I feel like with how good she is, it's just impressive how many she's Wait, doing. Did we decide if Jordy is a girl? Or is a girl. Is okay. I swear, like we had this not argument, but like discussion. We weren't a hundred percent sure. All right. So look, we've talked about Moon Knight. We're not strangers uh, to love. We know the rules, and so does Mark Spector. Uh, I have this extension on my browser now where mm-hmm. occasionally when I'm watching a YouTube video, there's a random chance that it will suddenly turn into a Rick roll. <sighs> and I forgot that I input that and it happened to me today. And I was like, what the, what about the crap? This is not uptown funk. Uh, but it was quite the surprise. Anyway, Moon Knight number one is coming off the heels of, uh, Colin Bunn's or Colin Bunn. I can never remember uh, series that wrapped up quite a while ago. So it's not really coming on the heels of something. Right. That okay, that's true. It's coming. It's well, I'm following. saying it's following. There we go. Uh, and this issue, we see Mark Spector is in an insane asylum, and they kind of set everything up to be like this is a new number one kind of jumping on point. Yet at the same time, there is so much that is steeped in uh, in Moon Knight, Moon Knight. history. Yep. Like, even villains that weren't mentioned at all in those last three runs uh, or characters that weren't mentioned at all in the, in the last three runs over the last couple of years are a part of this book and apparently a big part of this book. Yeah. So, in a way, it's like, yeah, this is a, a new space for people to jump into, but also at the same time, it's like there's a barrier to entry. So, I'm going to be really curious, and we'll get into more, like, the technical stuff uh, in a minute, but I'm curious to see how much I'm expected to know and how much they're going to explain because I don't know much. I know a little bit. I know a little bit about a lot of stuff. Um, in this case, you have an approximate knowledge. I mean, they show character, uh, characters like Marlene, Frenchie, uh, Crawley, I think was one. They mentioned that sultry Scarlet lady. Well, her name was Scarlet, but I'm, I'm looking it up. Um. So there's definitely references to his history. Stained, stained glass, scarlet. Stained glass, scarlet. What a name! Yeah, that is. Is yeah. Pretty good. Um, pretty good. So it's it's definitely a mystery. It 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 answers some questions and then um, ask. Sorry, yeah, it answers some questions and it asks even more questions. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, I mean, I, it's it's really hard to it's it's not hard to talk about the but the the story is sort of like if, if you've been reading the interviews maybe you have maybe you haven't uh, basically everything about the first issue is basically the pitch that's been in the interviews which is he's in an insane asylum and you don't know what's real and what isn't I think you get a vibe in this book and obviously we know as readers that his history did in fact happen right I'd like to assume that that the Marvels well, obviously erasing that. Yeah, no, no, I and I agree, and I, I think uh, it might be a little bit obvious what's going on, uh, and I hope that it's not, and I hope Lemire's going to pull, like, a big one on us here, you know, because it seems like this stained glass Scarlet is kind of behind everything. And you has, think she's the therapist? Oh, for sure, for sure she's the therapist, uh, and she's, like, trapped him in a in a prison of his own mind, but... Again, like with a Moon Knight book, there's probably so many more layers 
going on here. So I just think like on the surface, it seems like here's the solution. And I don't think that's necessarily wrong, but I think there's probably more depth than we're given. I don't know, I'm just, I'm very curious. And in, in this first issue is even like, you kind of got to read it to believe it, you know? Because <laughs> like, what, what can we really say? Like it, it gets a little trippy in some pretty really? cool ways, but like, it's also like the, like the concepts are kind of abstract. That's how do we really put it into solid words? Well, I mean, the tip off, I think, is when he get, makes it to the roof and then sees sort of like the Egyptian god takeover of the city. New Egypt. New Egypt. And then it kind of flashes back and it's like, okay, no, it's, it actually is the presumably New York City. Um, and then he gets dragged back in. So I think that was the, the turn point where, actually, I think it was really set up to be like, we don't know now. Because I feel like when you do a story like this where if the answer is, yes, this history is intact, everything is as you know it to be, then I don't want to say, then why bother do the story? Because, but it's sort of like, I, I guess I'm just more, I'm curious, what wrinkle is Lemire and Smallwood going to add in mm -hmm. that makes a story worth our time? And, and, the, not, and I don't mean that in a critical way, just so, like I said, if, if his history is in fact what we think it is, that it truly did happen, what we know then is this simply like he's going to be in a mental institution for a few issues and then escape? And then it's like, all right, that, that was it. Or is this well, going to add or even take away something well, I from think his history? This is, um, I mean, obviously something happened to get him into this situation and we don't know what that is yet, uh, but I feel like that is going to be where the consequences of the story lie. Uh, is stained glass Scarlet like really the big villain or is she part of, something going on with like the Egyptian gods that he's facing, presumably, mm -hmm. uh, you know, all like the Anubis headed people running around. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it, but it definitely is hard if people are like, Oh, you know, I've never really read moon Knight. Should I jump on to this number one? Uh, maybe wait for the first volume. <laughs> To, until I know more about the story. I feel like you'd have to read like the first, I mean, I don't think it's necessary, but if you want a deeper appreciation for the character and some of the references, it's like you need to read the beginning of the Doug Monick uh, run, the original basically, and then mm -hmm. um, read like starting with the Warren Ellis run and at, at least read the Warren Ellis well, run. Yeah, I don't yeah. think you necessarily need to read. The Warren, um, Warren Ellis run will give you a really good understanding of the character as he is today. Yeah. And even that was a little bit of like, you need to kind of know his history with, I can never remember how to pronounce the name of the God. He, uh, on, on shoe. I think the K is silent. Right. Right. Apache. Listen. Apache. Well, and they they even have I don't know, like there's there's stuff here that like I I tangentially know about where there was times where there were basically three versions of him running around and he saw them all as these different projections. It gets real crazy with Moon Knight. Uh Greg Smallwood's art though. Let's let's talk about that for a minute. Well, when you say projections, are you talking about like Stephen Grant and Jake Lockley, where he's like the billionaire and then the the cab driver and all that? Mm -hmm. And then there was those times where he saw like uh, Captain America and other people talking to him for a while. I can't remember 
Yeah, Captain America Wolverine Spider-Man. So yeah. in the original Doug Monochrome, before they really introduced any of the um, mental illness elements to the character, uh, he basically was, you know, I don't want to say he was a Batman pestiche. He's, but, he's a Batman. He's, he's Batman. But, but he, um, like, he actually was using those identities to aid his crime-fighting career. He was Matchstick so, Malone. Yeah, basically like Jake Lockley was, I suppose, the equivalent is Matchstick Malone. Um, and then, you know, Stephen Grant was essentially his Bruce Bruce Wayne, I guess. And then being Mark Spector, he simply was Mark Spector. Um, but they, they weren't, like, they were, they were conscious decisions to aid in his crime fighting, not, um, what am I trying to say? Like, they weren't just, like, projections of him. I mean, I think the whole mental illness thing has aided the character in making it more interesting, if potentially hard to, as you said, break the barrier on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's almost, it's almost like there's tiers of characters, like, say, your Spider-Man, your Caps, uh, the Batmans, the Supermans, that and for some reason are, like, they're first tier in the sense that, like, they're very universal, they're they're malleable, but, like, easy enough, like, you know their stories, you mm-hmm. can break in, no problem. And then you get, like, through different tiers, and Moon Knight falls in, like, a second or third tier, not necessarily in quality, but that, like... I would say Moon Knight's a third tier. Yeah, character. like I said, and it's not, like, an ABC, you right, know, type right. thing. It's more of a... Like, he's not simply a character. He's not always easily digestible in, like, a sentence or two. Yeah, well, and, and like, it's always the third-tier characters tend to have more convoluted stories because Mm -hmm. they're not as essential to the bottom line. So, you know, they're more a little bit of a sandbox for people to get a little bit crazier in. But as I was saying, Greg Smallwood's art is top-notch in this book. Uh, I think there's there's some really really great moments, uh, like when he looks over the city and sees it, you know, like sees like the giant pyramid and all the sand, like that is an awe-inspiring image right there. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, you know, I'm I'm a, I'm a Greg Smallwood fan. Uh, I think this is actually better than his time with. Uh, uh, shoot, who was the writer? What, what, Brian, Brian Brian Wood. I thought it was Brian Wood. Um, I think he's actually like doing a better job here than he was during the Brian Wood run. I think they, that's because they were trying too much to emulate uh, like the Warren Ellis run in terms of aesthetic. Mm-hmm. And this feels more like Greg Smallwood being Greg Smallwood. Him doing his thing. Mm-hmm. And I really like the kind of dreamlike sequences, like the sketchier moments in the art. Mm-hmm. It's really like really, really cool. Really pretty. <laughs> The scene where he's in his his um, hospital gown or his the whatever you want to call it uh-huh. uh, scrubs and then but he's got like the sheet wrapped around his face I the love Moon it. Knight symbol I love that, it that that's a great page uh, when he's beating up the guys yeah like right when they walk in and they turn into like Anubis heads and yeah gets cray oh it's cool stuff so yeah it's it's definitely a good issue. Uh, it's definitely a series that I'm I'm gonna keep with, but I'm also kind of like a little bit wary of it mm-hmm. because I'm like I don't know if I'm gonna if I'm going to be disappointed as somebody who is not a diehard Moon Knight fan from you know the 80s or hey you 90s. have access to Marvel Unlimited maybe you should go check out the what I've heard is fantastic Doug Monick Moon Knight the original stuff I'll check out Doug Monick when I'm dead. Or later. 
later than dead? Yes, when I come back on the other side and am uh, reborn. Hello from the other side, something. I hate you. That person. I don't know, Nick, any final thoughts on, uh, on Moon Knight here before we move on? Great next level artwork by Greg Smallward. A Smallward? In small word. Small. Small word. Wood. Um, uh, compelling hook by Lemire. It's just, I'm, I'm, I definitely want to keep seeing what's going to happen. Um, but that's, that's, you know, it's, he's, he's established enough that I, I'm curious for more. Okay. That's, that's the word on this Moon Knight bird. What? I don't know. Apparently you can get a MasterCard from Marvel. What are you doing right now? Talking to you, David. Apparently you're also Googling things. I wasn't Googling things. I had a page up and I saw Marvel MasterCard in the top corner. So your, your attention is divided. No, my attention is completely on you. You're now splitting it by making me think about that thing I saw in the corner of my eye. No one's so, making you think of that except for you. Uh, because the the term Marvel MasterCard just makes me want to rack up credit card debt with comics. Anyway, David, tell me about one of the books you read while I read up on Marvel MasterCard. Uh, <laughs> worst. Uh, so I read two other books today. That is Jupiter's Circle number five, which is mm -hmm. the uh, penultimate issue of Jupiter's Circle. Uh, and Autumn Lands number 10, which should I talk about? Um, I'll talk about Jupiter's Circle next month when things wrap up. Uh, I think I talked about Autumn Lands last month, uh, but I, I was a big fan of that issue. So I will continue on with my thoughts on this one. Uh, issue number 10, we see Leroy and Rusty traveling up the mountain. And uh, and while they are, they run into a member of the goat tribe. Uh, and they find, you know, every all like the creatures on the mountains and like the goat tribe, like because they're drinking the water. Remember, the water is messed up, uh, are all getting really sick. Mm -hmm. And uh, Dusty, who is just a beginner of magic is able to perform a lot more spells with a lot more ease. So he's mm. able to like purify stuff. Then he even says at one point, oh, he did it in you know five seconds when a week ago it would have taken him an hour. And then he realizes that the, the further they're traveling up the mountain, uh, the more magic there is in the air that he's able to use. Uh, and of course, for those who remember way back in the beginning, a big issue was that the floating cities are running out of magic. And that Leroy, as the champion, was supposed to bring magic back. And so Dusty gets very excited. This all seems like things are happening as they're supposed to. Mm -hmm. um, we also get these cut-ins with this stone woman. It's kind of hard to explain. She's a woman. Well, oh, she's a woman who appears to be made out of stone. Uh, is on top of the mountain. And there's all this crazy energy around her. Um, all very unexplained at this point. Uh, like things are really kind of building in, in really strange ways right now. Mm -hmm. uh, it's it's definitely like it's cool because the world is expanding, and it's also really cool uh, to be with these characters as they discover more. Because when it starts off, you 
you know, you kind of get the idea that, oh, these animal people, oh, they're called uh, humans, by the way. Y-U-M-A-N. Who, the, the animal people? Yeah, they call themselves oh. humans. Humans. Instead of humans. And at one point, Leroy is asking about the fact that there are animal people and animal animals. Uh, and he calls them, uh, where is it? Uh, oh, uh, back in your time, you didn't have wise human beings. Oh, that's like, it's all one word. It's Y-U-M-A-N-B-E-I-N-S. So human beings and simple primitive human beings. So there's this classification of, you know, Advanced animals, advanced and animals, and, animals and the primitive animals, uh, which we're totally going to get into an evolutionary debate here on the show. Um, but what, like what, when the series started off, you kind of feel like, okay, these floating city people, like they have the answers. And yeah, magic's failing. They don't know why, but they seem to have a pretty good grasp. Uh, but as these characters uh, of Leroy and Dusty are going on their little road trip here, we really see that there's so much that they don't understand mm-hmm. about this world. Uh, and, and yeah, like as the readers, we know a little bit more, but it's more like we know two steps ahead, you know, but the, the, the end goal is constantly eluding us. Uh, it's, it's just all very interesting, all really well done world building. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm still really enjoying this book. I'm very excited to see where things go next, um, which is the most generic thing you can say in the world. Uh, the cover for the next issue looks amazing. I also really like the thing that uh, Kurt Busiek says in the back of the issue. It says, here we are, made it, still late, but everyone knocked themselves out on the issue, so we hope the stunning line art, gorgeous color work, pitch-perfect lettering, and goat-laden writing, writing makes it worth the wait. Plus, I got to write... Goddamn weird fucking crow-ass shitheads. Which is an actual line uh, <laughs> from the story. And the last page, I don't, I'm not going to spoil for you, dear listener, but I'm going to spoil for Nick by showing it to you. Even though I haven't caught up? Yeah. Because you don't know what's going on. What the heck yeah. is that thing? So there's like this giant explosion on the mountain. And... Uh-huh. and that thing kind of emerges from the giant magical explosion. Sounds it's, legit. Yeah, nah, this book's super cool. This book is super cool. And I don't even remember why I picked up the first issue. It may have been your fault. Uh, like most series. When you, when you picked up the first issue? Yeah, yeah. I think you may have been like, hey, check this out. Yeah, I may have. That's why I picked up Rumble, and then you were like, oh, I think Rumble's dumb because I, I like poop. I and, didn't say that I like Rumble. Uh-huh, sure. <laughs> Next issue comes out in June, and that is too far away. Uh, it gives me time to catch up, though. Um, There's only, like, ten issues. I think I'm on issue <laughs> eight, maybe. You failed me. i got a ways to go. See, that's kind of my... Uh, Quick thoughts on Automan's number 10. Cool. What about, what did you read, huh? 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 What you got going on? So, I read Batman slash Superman number 51, mm-hmm. which is part dose of the Super League arc, which actually isn't the title of it. It's actually called The Last Days of Superman, part Ooh. two. 
So, for those not in the know, and as we discussed last week with the rebirth new <laughs> rebirth <laughs> rebirth news. <laughs> Uh, life. Uh, with the rebirth news, uh, it look all for all intents and purposes, it looks like the pre New Fifty Two or the pre Flashpoint, or known as the post Crisis Superman. <laughs> oh, jeez, the uh, Superman who was married to Lois, and then sometime between the end of pre Flashpoint and stuff, convergence. Uh, Superman knocked Lois up, and they now have a son named Jonathan. Uh, anyway, they've been living on uh, the New 52 Earth uh, basically since the beginning of, since near the uh, Dark Side invasion, um, uh, raising their son. And blow- anyway, basically, for all intents and purposes, it looks like that pre New 52 Superman is taking over for all the books, uh, which can make sense if this story, if this current storyline is leading to the death of New 52 Superman. Now, if you took all the th- words I just said out of context, You'd be like, how do I get into comic books with stuff like this? But it's cool because as a comic fan, I'm actually really excited for how they pull this off, assuming it's pulled off well. But I am a uh, fan of Peter Tomasi, who's the writer of this eight-part Super League slash Last Days of Superman event, which is basically prompted by the fact that Superman, based on uh, when he lost his, when he last lost his powers and used kryptonite, I guess, to repower himself, that plus his fight with Rao and Brian Hitch's Justice League, and then when he was in the fire pits of Apocalypse and the Dark Side War, was basically a perfect cocktail of doom. So now he knows he's dying, um, and is basically doing what he can to assemble uh, a team of protectors in his wake. Uh, but his main priority is trying to find his cousin Kara, who apparently had also lost her powers in a previous storyline. Sure. And uh, apparently was uh, working as a barista in a coffee shop before disappearing. And you do find out at the end of the issue that like she's being held captive. I think the hint or the inclination is the DEO, which is featuring in the Supergirl show. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she's co-opting that in the comics now. I mean, they already mentioned in, like the new Supergirl comic, she's going to be working with the DEO. So who knows? Um, but at the end of the day, um, the artwork was by Doug Mack, who's going to be rotating with Pierre Tomasi on the Superman book. Uh, I always like Doug Mack. If you like Pierre Tomasi, you typically like Doug Mack because they have similar styles. You can't tell me what to like. Uh, interestingly enough, they are also studio mates, so they're always drawing nearby huh. each other. Uh, maybe, fact. maybe they switch and nobody knows. <laughs> right? Um, uh, Pierre, uh, sorry, uh, Mack's artwork is more buff. I don't know how to describe it. There's something a bit more fluid about um, Gleason's art uh, line work, whereas um, Max seems, I don't know, like tighter. Their storytelling it's really is really sad is... that nobody else can see the gestures you're doing to try to describe the artwork. Yeah, the the waving the arms is Patrick Gleason, and the and like the, the robotic robot movements is, is Doug Mack. Um, mm, but I, I mean, it's, it's was never it, programmed to draw love. <laughs> Uh, but I mean, I, I like I like them both. Um, so that was good. Peter Tomasi's writing was good because it, it, it's Batman Superman. It was Superman going to Batman for help trying to track down um, Supergirl, and then there was this uh, other stuff where they fought these Chinese Zodiac monsters, and then there's this guy who's kind of like a dick, 
but he like randomly turns into like a guy in a Superman suit and like has like Superman's personality and like rescues people. So I think that's also because this storyline, for those that don't know, is leading into the re- the Superman rebirth status quo. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think the whole like there's Superwoman who has Superman's powers. There's this new Superman from China that has Superman's powers. Something about if the Superman doesn't die, I think his powers end up being split between multiple characters. Mm-hmm. So other than that, I mean, it's good. Like I definitely want to see, see the super, I mean, the super league store is going to have like the great 10, which were created by Grant Morrison, which I'm excited to see again. Um, the, the Chinese super team. Um, uh, it's just, it's, it's basically like a world tour of the, of the current DC universe and where everyone's at going into rebirth. So I, I think that's pretty cool. Um, that's basically it. Uh, I did re- now. I'm I'm technically like I've been picking up the Silver Surfer issues, but uh, I honestly haven't read since like the first four issues of the previous uh, Dan Slott Mike Allred verse uh, volume. Mm-hmm. But I was compelled to read this one because it was touted as like the um, the uh, like a massive turning point in the history of Silver Surfer. I, I didn't really know what to expect, so but I, I read the issue anyway. It's basically Silver Surfer and Don Greenwood playing Doctor Who, I guess, is the quote-unquote <laughs> oh, yeah, criticism yeah, against funny. the book. But in this issue, um, Earth is being attacked by Zen La, which is the planet that Silver Surfer is from. Uh, specifically, they're being attacked, or the, the, the attack is being led by Silver Surfer's betrothed and former lover, uh, Shalabal. And apparently she's using this technology that's converting Earth like warping earth's reality so it becomes more like basically takes on the features of zen law uh because at the time that zen law was almost destroyed they had reached like their pinnacle of society um so so server surfer wants to stop her and just be like no earth needs to be diverse and have filled with adversity and you know you get like a guy on crutches who like walks through the the matter changing field or whatever and suddenly he's fine it's like man it's kind of hard taking that away from the guy but Silver Surfer does. Mm-hmm. Basically, the, the the big status quo shift is that Silver Surfer uses his um, power cosmic to basically make it so that Zen Law never existed. Like, I guess it did exist, but like all these plants that Zen Law has like overtaken, terraformed, like taken over uh, and morphed, like it's like all their influence is gone. Like Zen Law, like its history, its culture, everything has just been wiped. And then Silver Surfer is potentially dead because he kind of crashes at the end of it. Um, mm-hmm. I don't really know what that means. Like, if he technically wiped it out from one end of history to the other, does that? how does that apply to him? Is it creating paradoxes? Did it affect time, or was it just present going forward? Questions that might be answered in the, most re- in the next issue. No, now I, kind of my head like hurts I, all of a sudden. Like, I have to go back and actually read this book <laughs> beginning. But, um... Nah. If you're really into Silver Surfer, I guess that's pretty big news. Other than that, uh, that's all I really took care of today with comics. Hmm. Cool, yeah. I, I'm behind on uh, on Batman and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, but I saw the last page from this week's issue. Mm-hmm. And it made mm-hmm. me want to catch up really bad. Did you? It makes, it makes you want to catch up? Oh, yeah. Did, did, you, did, you, did you know what it is? No, I haven't seen the. I've been reading it. Do you want me to show you what it is? Yeah, you can show me. Can show right. me. Hold on, I gotta 
You see what's going on there? Is that like Bane on a rhino? No, no, oh, that is not. Oh, Damien? Uh, so it's Damien on the ground and uh, surrounded. They are surrounded by uh, Batman's rogue rogues gallery as various mutated animal people. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. Don't know what led to that happening, but I'm like that is a great idea for everything ever. And this book is super great, and I can't believe I'm behind on it. I'm super lame. You're not super lame, David. Oh, thank you, listening audience. Yeah, I wasn't going to say anything. I know you weren't. That's why the listening audience backed Stepped me in. up. Yeah. They they don't like when I'm sad. <laughs> um, yeah, no, you're a sad person. How Moving on. Uh, David, do you have any other comic books or stuff that you need to get off uh, your chest? No, man. I've been power reading through American Gods again. Mm -hmm. uh, I think I kind of told you about that. I started it last week, and I'm going to finish it tomorrow, uh, which is the fastest I've read a book since high school. I used to read like so there were sometimes where i read like a book a week and i was reading like the ender's game series like one once per week and i had to have people like sit me down and be like you gotta stop because you're you're so invested in these characters lives that like you're super stressed out about everything going on i was like well you don't understand and i was i was gonna try to make an obscure reference to some of those books but uh i don't remember anything about xenosaga yeah uh, so xenosaga xenosaga sucks it sucks it doesn't suck it's just not as good as children of the mind not children of the mind uh speaker oh for, speaker for the dead you're talking about xenocide not xenosaga Xeno you're talking about, you're talking totally about the ender's game series i said the words ender's game series yeah but then you said xenosaga and i got well, confused i never played xenosaga oh okay uh yeah no the ender's xenosaga. games book i actually stopped right before Xeno side. So you read Ender's Game oh, no. and Maybe I did. Speaking no. for the Dead? Wait, Children of the Mind comes after Xeno Side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I then never mind, I read Xeno Side. And... Which says like the time travel not the time travel stuff, like the bending space string theory. The worm crap. the wormhole theory. Yeah. Yeah, where they go outside. Yep, yeah, yeah. Xeno Side. Yeah. I also read some of the Bean books. I never read those. It like it makes me really upset that he's like a raging homophobe, but at the same time, I Bean can't help that his books are really good. Yeah, I mean, you can't. You know, I get it. You don't want to support the per the person who has beliefs that you don't agree with. But at the same time, if something's good, you know, like, I think Tom Cruise is batshit crazy. He is. But I love Tom Cruise movies. Yeah. A lot. I mean, it's like... It's like, for example, at least my readings of the Ender's Game series doesn't strike me as he, he's, I don't, I didn't see any overt, like, propaganda towards, like, you know, and, like, discriminating against, like, if anything, it's like the opposite about, like, accepting what's different, which is weird. Um, you know, and I like with Tom well, I Cruise, think, I, don't, I mean, I don't think he was a racist. No, not, not racist, but I mean, if well, but, 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 but what I'm, gay but, is different than. Yeah, but what I'm, but I don't think, like, like he's probably like all races are totally great, but not the gays. So it's like he's inclusive in one way and, and non-inclusive in another. You know? 
Yeah, yeah, that makes it okay. I know? didn't say um, it made it okay. I'm saying it's it's, David, it's possible for him to be. Why are you supporting Orson Scott Card agenda? Um, uh, well, we don't have time to get into that. Uh, <laughs> I don't have time to reveal my prejudices. My, my repressed homosexuality. Wait, I mean uh, prejudices. Uh, uh, oh God, what <laughs> um, I've said too much. No, 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 I know it's, and I mean, I, I imagine if I did enough dirt digging on Tom Cruise, I'd find out that the money that I pay towards his work might be going to, it's sort of like, cause I know that like Orson Scott card who I also have like a book on writing from him. Like he was a very influential writer for me growing up before I knew any of this. So that's why it's like, it's, it's hard for me to separate. And I, even though I don't want to support him as a person, I do like his work. So it yeah. doesn't necessarily stop me from grabbing them. But I also know that if I do pay money for it, like money, that profits that he makes does, he actually does invest in like, yeah, not so great stuff. Yeah. So that that's tough, but but again, remove him from the equation. The work as it is is really fascinating and, and really well written, and it's it's I can't ignore that. Man, all this anti-gay talk makes you real hungry for some Chick Fil A. Let me tell you. <laughs> uh, if you are one of those people who now is like anti-Chick Fil A because of all that drama. Uh, you should know that they're really actually more like locally run businesses and you would be supporting your community by eating their delicious chicken sandwiches. Uh, really, man, I just could go for a chicken sandwich right now while, while I'm being perfectly transparent. I also, nearby. I also worked at a Chick-fil-A for a couple of years for those who are not aware. That was a, was a dark time in my it. life. The darkest of times. It was pretty bad because, like, it was right after I had had like a, you know, quote unquote adult job where I was making like steady money and like regular hours. Uh, and my goal is not to do that for the rest of my life, but at the time it was really nice because I was paying off debt and all of that, uh, and kind of establishing myself. And then I moved across the country, lost that footing, and then had to go work food service again. Ugh. It was not good. What are we talking about? We all feel bad for you, David. As I think we're moving on should. to news and discussion. Oh, uh, you said you've the got, like, words. A quiz or something. Spider-Man and his amazing friends. I've been so wrapped up in American Gods, I forgot to make a quiz for this week because I was going to because I knew there wasn't a lot of books. But let's just let's just go right on. We'll move on, moving on to the news. News and, and news. There is a lot because uh, what is it? CinemaCon is going on right now. Is that what it is? Yeah, the MTV Movie Awards happened. Uh, we're you know we're getting into con season right now, so news will start popping up. But first, uh, we will say that Luke Cage, according to uh, the actor who is playing Luke Cage, uh, whose name I am attempting, or I guess it was the executive producer. Yeah, it's the showrunner, Chio okay. Hadari. Chio Hadari Coker. Or Coker, yeah. Uh, said it's, said that Luke Cage will be similar to The Wire when it comes to Marvel television. Never watched it, but I've heard good things. Me either. Uh, but cool, he says uh, it's got a very 90s hip-hop vibe, uh, hmm. but it's really forward-thinking. We have a lot of different musical appearances, but at the same time, we've got the Marvel action. We've got drama. I would like this to be, I mean, I know this is heavy, but the wire of Marvel television, because we really deal with a lot of different issues. I'm, I'm excited for this series. I'm really curious to see what they're going to do. Uh, 
Daredevil is, you know, wrapped up in in more of the superhero stuff with this season. Hmm. I would say more, but no, no, no. Uh, I'm and, getting there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Jessica Jones is dealing very specifically with the topics it's dealing with, and that's mm-hmm. cool. Like that, that works. But I would be definitely curious to see how they're going to approach Luke Cage as a very much man on the street hero, uh, where Daredevil. You know, he is, like, the nitty-gritty street-level hero, but he's still, like, on rooftops and swinging around and wears... Fighting ninjas. Yeah, fighting ninjas and stuff. Where Luke Cage feels like he's a guy who got powers, and now he beats up common folk. It's like, like Daredevil is like, crime, 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 crime. Like, he's the crime fighter. Jessica Jones was, you know... Uh, I mean, she was a private investigator, but I think a, a lot of her stories about dealing and handling abuse of yeah, whatever and the, and the form PTSD take. and all that. Luke Cage, I think, is a character as like you said, he you know he was a an old guy you know that had his own set of beliefs and ideas of how the world should be. Got powers now he has he's in a position to do something, uh, and like you said, he's a man on the street. He's the uh, and uh, I think he lends himself well to not even just sort of like talking about um, like um, black like black social politics or, or if I'm even saying that correctly, but just social politics and social justice and all that in general. I think more so than a lot of characters, Luke Cage kind of runs towards it, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Which I think will make this, yeah. And I think if that, like I guess I haven't seen The Wire, but I know it, it had a lot to do with, I guess, social justice. I think to a certain extent. Well, yeah, and it had to deal with a lot of that street level stuff, like street level crime. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's funny because the the headline is sort of like it will be the wire of the MCU, and then you actually read the quote, and it is the showrunner saying like, "We really hope that this is the wire of the MCU." Uh, but it's it's definitely going to be some cool, cool stuff. I hope. Yeah. Uh, speaking of street crime, uh, Scooby Doo. Uh, oh, oh, apparently, and I didn't even know this. The Scooby Scooby Doo's actually already been in the works as a reboot. I don't. I couldn't tell if it was supposed to be an animated movie or a live action movie. But it's currently titled Scoob, which feels like something that they think is really cool in initial production phases, but will ultimately be called Scooby-Doo by the time it hits theaters. Yeah, I'm confused um, at why we're talking about this. Because it's related to like the Hanna-Barbera universe, which is now in the comics. I know, I know. Um, uh, anyway, go ahead. Anyway, apparently this new movie, Scoob, is supposed to be the launching pad for... <laughs> You guessed it. Another shared universe. Uh, Hanna Barbera shared universe. Which, in theory, sounds really cool. But uh, from what yeah. I remember of a lot of Hanna Barbera productions, not many of them would probably exist in the same world. Yeah, it would be really cool on TV. I don't know if I mean, is this going to be? It seems like this is going to be something they're going to try to push onto the big screen. Not sure how that's going to work out. And if it's animated. Them. I think that's cool, but if right. it was like a live action movie, like I'm not you saying can't, you can't like you can't top the uh, the already perfect Scooby Doo live action movie. Yeah, I mean, you know, those are pretty good. You know, but think of like like think of like Space Ghost or something in live action. I'm not saying you can't make it work. Mm-hmm. It's just, at least for me, it's hard to separate the two. Um, but 
Yeah, so that that that's potentially happening. Uh, I hope they change it from because it's Scoob, but it's like it's like Shield. It's, so there's like right, periods S-C-O-O-B. in between. Right, S C O O B. Yeah, it's like uh, okay, what does that actually stand for? Though they've been releasing some more art from like some of the variant covers for uh, Scooby Doo Apocalypse and Future Quest and stuff, and I'm I'm kind of excited about Future's Quest. Did you see the uh, the Joe Casada uh, cover for Future Quest? Why would Joe Casada draw a cover? For I didn't mean to say Joe Casada. Oh wait, or did I? Hold on, I'm I've been terrible with this stuff lately. Uh, uh, Joe Quinones? Uh, yeah, that's what I meant to say. Uh, Quinones. Okay, you apparently have a Joe Quinones business card. Business card. Uh, anyway. That does nothing uh, for me. Um, anyway. I did see that one. That one was cool. I am excited for Future Quest. I think that'll be cool. I'm lukewarm on Scooby Apocalypse and some yeah. of the other ones. Yeah. But uh, the adventure, you know, sci-fi space, or not necessarily space, but like the sci-fi adventure fantasy of Future Quest, I think will be a lot mm-hmm. of fun. As we mentioned, CinemaCon is currently happening. And uh, one big thing they did today was announce the official title of the upcoming Spider-Man movie, which is <clears throat> entitled Spider-Man Homecoming. hey And they also revealed a kind of strange logo uh yeah so this movie coming out have they even uh, they do have a release date uh there it is it's july 7th 2017 so we're still over a year away uh we'll star tom holland and a yet unnamed many other characters uh but also a yet unnamed villain who it is now rumored to be vulture and rumored to be played by Michael Keaton. I've heard that he's rumored to play the Vulture. He might also be rumored to play Norman Osborn, or I forget there was one other person that he could be. I can definitely see him. I mean, I not as I, like the traditional Vulture, but yeah, I, I mean, know if I could see him as the Vulture. It just depends. I mean, he's obviously not going to look just like exactly like he looks in the comics. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, he also could potentially be J. Jonah Jameson. I could see him as a Norman Osborn, maybe. I don't I, know. I don't know if I can. I could definitely see him as, however, I mean, they're definitely going to utilize the Vulture in a unique way if it ends up being the Vulture. And I could see him yeah, the, doing that. The Vulture's. I mean, how do you bring that character to the screen? Do you make him a weird animal-human hybrid? Do you make him an old guy who has a green suit? Like, it's kind of ridiculous. I like the idea of Ben Kingsley being the vulture that was tossed around forever ago. That was cool. I mean, another thing is the vulture is basically old white falcon. Oh, he totally is. When you think about like the way that his wings are attached to his arms is how falcon has his wings in the comics. Yeah. Um, Ooh, actually, if I uh, had my choice, because I know Marvel's currently listening, like what does what does David want out of this movie? Well, first of all, I want a better title. Second of all, I want John Malkovich to be the Vulture. That would work. That. I think he was actually rumored to play the Vulture in the Spider-Man 4 that never happened. Yeah, a long time ago. I wish my computer wouldn't freeze. But, uh, I mean, obviously a lot of this is conjecture. I mean, Spider-Man Homecoming, it's very meta. It's very on-the-nose. It's, it's, they it's could have done too, better. It's too on-the-nose. 
It's, yeah. oh, guys, like, guess what? He's back in the universe and his home. It's a homecoming. Like, uh, it's great if it's going to be meta, but it has to be meta, and there probably needs to be, like, a homecoming dance in the movie. Otherwise, I really, why would you call it homecoming? Is I, he coming home? I mean, I don't know what happens to him in Civil War, but, like, what about the movie as a homecoming like, within the narrative, not just, okay, like, oh, he's back <sighs> at the Marvel Studios. With how much is going on in Civil War, they really need to have a really good reason for having Spider-Man in there. Because he feels like, he already, to me, feels like they're shoehorning him in. To be like, ah, you guys wanted Spider-Man in Civil War? Here he is. Like, I don't know. It's He's like a kid from the from New York. Like, why is he suddenly raised up into this giant fight going on? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I really hope if, if there is a homecoming dance in it that it has uh, Tom Holland, Peter Parker walking up to Mary Jane and being like, do you want to go to homecoming with me? And then he just turns towards the screen and is like, see, there's a homecoming dance. This is Spider-Man homecoming. So, you know, it means like I'm in the Marvel Universe, but it also means that I'm going to a homecoming dance presumably with Mary Jane. Really hope the vulture doesn't attack the dance for some reason and I have to sneak off and put on my costume and then I win Homecoming King as Spider-Man. <laughs> and then he, they get mad at him for ruining the plot of the movie. Also, Marvel, you can send all the checks for that brilliant idea to... Uh, I can't give out my address on the show. To P.O. Box 3. And I will find it. I don't even know where to go from there. Um, and other I'm, I'm here to I'm here to put you in awe. Here's a here's a I guess a big one. I, I guess it's a big deal. Um, the Doctor Strange trailer finally dropped. Yeah, we don't have to talk about that. We can just move past it. All right. Next news. No, nah, nah, Jimmy, Jimmy Kimmel on Jimmy that. Kimmel last night. Uh, they announced oh. they debuted the Doctor Strange trailer. And we got our look at Benedict Cumberbatch as... As Inception 2. As Dr. Stephen Strange. Uh, we got a brief look at Mads Mickelson, right? That's the guy's name. Mads Mickelson. Mads Mickelson is the bad guy. Tilda Swinton as the Ancient One. And the rest. Uh, Nick, what do you think of the trailer? I like the show tell Edgy of Four, who's one of my favorite actors, is in it. I'm... Um, I'm not sure how they're going to play Baron Mordo because he technically is a villain in the comics. Um, I mean, but they seem I, to be hanging out. They, they seem to be chummy. Uh, I mean, that could always turn. Mm-hmm. But uh, I hope he has a fairly large role. Uh, but at the same time, he was always my holdout for Black Panther, and that didn't happen. So yeah. So uh, I'm a little emotional about it. Um. <laughs> um it's weird. I liked it. I didn't really know what to like. It's one of those things like I, 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 I like Dr. Strange a lot. Um, you know, I'm not like super well versed on his history or anything, but as a character, I always find him fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure what I expected from the movie. Like on one hand, like the director, Scott Derrickson did like the extras of Emily Rose. He's done some pretty decent horror movies. So I thought that they were going to lean a lot more and sort of like a, a horror supernatural vibe. Mm-hmm. It really felt more like 
another Marvel movie in a sense. It really was like the Marvel aesthetic mixed with like the Matrix and Inception as far yeah, as yeah. the magic that you see. Of course, they do show like the astral form, which I think is a big component of Doctor Strange's uh, repertoire. Uh, the the bigger set pieces though were basically kaleidoscopes and like inception pieces so for me which is very very similar i think to how i mean some of his original appearances and how the, the magic steve ditko, steve ditko. The psychedelic so i mean uh now that i'm actually on a bigger screen when the show's over i'm gonna rewatch the trailer because i was watching on my phone before mm-hmm. but um, I mean, like, it's definitely got me excited. And even though it's like, now that I have a feel for the movie, I still feel like I don't, I don't know everything, but I'm, I'm really going to try. I'm really, really, really going to try to, uh, not watch any more stuff relating to Dr. Strange. Well, it's, try. I mean, I think it's crazy that they were still filming this and probably are still filming this, uh, up to a week ago. And here we have a trailer with some... Well, probably the trailer prepared. Right. They probably had some finished effects work already. Uh, my original thought when I saw it was, man, this movie is going to be super serious, uh, which is which is fine. I, I don't really know what, the, what tone I was expecting. Like you said, you know, the director is known for horror stuff, uh, and that could have been cool to have a bent to it. I get why they didn't go for that, considering that's not a... a the world's most popular genre. Uh, and, you know, they're trying to make money off of you and me. And they often get it. Uh, it, But, yeah, I was just like, man, like, this is this, this seems like it's going to be, like, real, like, real heavy. Um, I'm glad to see them leaning into the trippiness of it. Uh, I, I will be very curious to see the visual effects. And I think that's kind of, for me... The visuals of this movie are going to make and break it more than uh, the storyline. I mean, the storyline will play a big part um, and all that. But but just like really leaning into like, let's get real crazy uh, and not just have it be kaleidoscopic effects. Um, the quantum realm. The quantum realm. The, I just want it to be magic, not just yeah, it's science magic. It, it, they're kind of vague on that in the trailer. The astral form feels more magical than anything super science. But they talk about like possibilities and you're tapping in like you're tapping into the multiverse and it, it, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it really depends on how you want to sell the magic. So if it's like, if all magic, if magic is energy and it's a manipulation of energy, that's basically matter manipulation. Then, well, I mean, you, you could try to justify it in a, a few different ways. Is, is he is he manipulating the multiverse in the sense of he's changing possibility and probability by doing this stuff? Yeah, it's, that's basically. And magic is such a hard to. It is. You know, it's like okay, well, it looks like this, but I mean, really, you do a spell and some light, so it's like a light show happens, and then someone like loses all their clothes or I don't know, it's vaporized. Like, I mean, that's ultimately Weird matter. That those manipulation. are your two examples. Uh, yeah, it's magic is, is definitely a hard thing to approach from fiction. Cause you could just be super vague, but then things get out of control really fast. But then if you like define things way too much, you're going to like put yourself into a corner and like into a box really quickly. Yeah. Like how much is it? Like, you know, that, like, there's like the matter manipulation magic. And then there's like, having like a a demonic circle and you light candles and some incense and you're like kumbaya and then like a demon pumps up. That's probably actually not where you'd use kumbaya, but um, 
you know, like how much of that sort of ritualistic that like you have to say certain phrases and, and do certain acts to sort of perform stuff. You know what I mean? I don't know how deep they're going. It's a Disney movie and they're kind of, you know, I, I, I do feel, and I, like, I, I, I mean, I'd be pleasantly surprised if they do give it something of an edge. I feel like because it's a Disney property now uh, and they're trying to appeal to the broadest spectrum of viewers that they will neuter the magic a bit. Yeah. Appeal, but yeah, it's it's gonna be really interesting their approach, and I and I'll probably watch another trailer or so, um, just to see like how they're going to make the the widest uh, uh, appeal they can, you know, to get people in, um, with you know, because you can't go too deep into the strange <laughs> oh i get it doctor strange it all makes perfect sense now uh it's like you know how are they going to get the average person you know to to go see this how how are they going to go get go get our parents to go see this or you know people who have never read a doctor strange comic before to mm. like go see it because i know like movies like Inception have been really popular, but there's also been movies like Inception that are not popular. Uh, in, and Inception isn't about sorcery, right? Right. In like the the crazy visuals of it, like yeah, that did get people into it. I guess I don't. I don't know. It's it's hard to say. Like I don't. I I don't know where this movie's going to land. I don't know how it's going to. Do you think bounce off popular opinion? You know. You think it's going to make more or less money than Ant Man? Ooh, that is a good question. Let's see how much money Ant-Man made. Uh, Ant-Man box office. Enough to get a sequel. So, is that... Uh, oh, I'm loading up here. So, it so its domestic total, man, uh, for Ant-Man was $180 million. That's actually pretty low. Yeah. For a Marvel movie, especially. Now, but I mean, compared to, like, right. Captain America and Thor, it actually beat them, I believe. Uh, yeah, it may have. And its total worldwide gross was $500 uh, million. I think worldwide it will, for sure. I think it's got a diverse enough cast uh, that people that it'll, it'll do pretty well um, other places. Domestic, uh, I don't know. I'm going to have to see another trailer before I can make that call. Hmm. 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 Yeah, because I th is Benedict Cumberbatch gonna be enough? Are people sick of Benedict Cumberbatch? I don't know. Who could be sick of Benedict Cumberbatch? I could be. I don't know. I don't actually watch a lot of stuff that he's in. I just you know saw Sherlock, and I mean we know my disdain for anything that Tumblr glomps onto. Oh, David. I'm an anti-bandwagoner, which means I'm a bandwagoner. <laughs> you bandwagon on the anti-bandwagon. Exactly. The You're only, literally stuck in like a paradox of bandwagons. It's the only way I can rebel. Schrodinger's bandwagon. Um, there was a Suicide Squad trailer. I have not watched it. I don't really want you to go into details about it because I'm like I'm sold on the movie. I'm ready to go see it. I'm just waiting for it to come out. Yeah, I don't. I don't August. regret. I don't regret watching it because they did not uh, reveal any more plot details. Yeah. Um, I mean, they definitely confirmed in this trailer that Joker is the villain. What? which I think we already knew, people suspected. Nobody thought that Joker was going to come in and join the Suicide Squad there at the end. Yeah. Uh, we don't know what the MacGuffin is yet. Uh, we don't know um, 
you know why why they're being sent on this mission what what the purpose of it is um i i think uh from this trailer it looks much more like a team movie uh rather than everyone expected it was just going to be harley and deadshot, deadshot right and i do think they will be front and center more than everybody else but uh we we did get more bits with uh, El Diablo actually in this trailer and we actually had lines of dialogue uh, between like uh, Captain Boomerang and Katana uh, and Killer Croc was actually saying something. So like these, these characters will have lines and it seems like they're actually setting up scenes for them to kind of flesh out their personalities a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we did see a little bit more uh, Batfleck in the trailer. Not anything too surprising. I think his whole scene is going to be less than five minutes but since people responded to it so well they're like uh oh look he's in the movie guys look, batman the suicide squad batman, suicide squad uh jared leto i think looks great people I'm, I'm glad to see people are responding more and more positively to uh to him in that role with with each trailer that comes out uh there's one other thing i was going to say before Moving on, I think I definitely know which character is going to die to make an example out of, like that the bombs in their heads actually work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a character I thought the whole time, but I'm not going to tell you, Nick, because that might be a spoiler. Oh, spoiler! Who is it? Slipknot. Oh yeah, I mean, there's like 13 people. On the yeah, team. there's a scene where he uh, latches on like a rope, to, like a building, and starts like gliding away from the rest of the group. So I think he's going to be like, haha, now that we're free, I'm out of here, suckers. And then boom. Oh, last thing I was going to say. Uh, there were the reports that, oh, since Batman v Superman was so humorless and people talked about it, uh, that that they're doing reshoots now to add more humor because all the humor was in that first trailer. Uh, and I will now quote David Ayer as his response to that rumor. And that is, that is silly. Uh, basically what was happening with the reshoots is that WB saw the movie and they're like, Hey, do you want to do anything else? Do you want to like add any more stuff to this? And he had some more action stuff he wanted to go do. So that's why the reshoots are happening. Uh, there was lots of humor in this second trailer. Uh, so I'm very, very excited for this film. Humor. And that's all I will say. Uh, lest, Nick be spoiled on all of the non-spoilers that I received from that trailer. Thank you for your consideration, David. Uh, speaking of Batfleck, it is official yes. that Ben Affleck, known to many as Batfleck, that is his will new name, write, direct, and star in a Batman solo film. So it's been yes. known for a while that Ben Affleck has been co-writing a script with Jeff Johns. Yeah, uh, collaborating. Who knows how much of a co-write it is, but collaborating on a script. Uh, and I guess it's a pretty cool Batman idea. The popular theory is that they're going to do the Under the Red Hood story with Jason Todd coming back, which maybe. But I think if he says it's like a pretty cool Batman idea, it sounds more like he kind of concocted his own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thing. No, and that's but, that, that's that's the way that I think I think he kind of came up with with this idea and then went to Jeff Johns with it, and Jeff Johns like, okay, well, here's a villain we could use in this storyline. Um, but I, I, I'll be curious, like, this is kind of one of the, you know, I think this is the first, 
where he's you know he wrote it which is one thing you know but directing it and starring in it like i know that happens sometimes but like batman's a very like you're front and center just about the whole movie so yeah like you're directing it but then you're in like every scene and well he also did argo in sort of yeah, the same way and, and he was but i feel like compared to the other movies he's directed and starred in like it's batman you know it's all gigantic set pieces and then you're basically like the scene's gonna go like this and then i'm gonna go do it well yeah i I don't you know i haven't spent a lot of time on movie sets so i don't know what it looks like uh to um you know direct yourself and direct other people uh but hey he's won academy awards for it so you can't really fault the guy. the The biggest news being that the rumors were, ah, oh, he's he's directing, and now we know for sure. My question, though, Nick, that I will pause to you, pause it to you, is, uh, who's the villain going to be? Who do you think the villain should be? Is the better question because this is all so nebulous at this time. For Batman, yeah. Um, there's the ones we've seen. It probably won't be the Joker. Though then you think would would Jared Leto, who will presumably play the play the Joker more than once, will he pop up in a Suicide Squad trailer? Would he appear in a Batman solo film? Uh, probably not the Penguin. They could well Killer Croc. They won't do. They could do Two Face again. They could do the Riddler. They could try the Riddler again. Catwoman. I think there's some you know some people online were saying Court of Owls, but I don't think that storyline is cemented enough yet. Uh, Even if it's not cemented, I mean, like, it could work. I mean, the Court of Owls is just kind of like the League of Assassins with a different coat of paint. Uh, and I don't, oh, in a, I don't a, think criti- don't. In a critical way, it's it's like a league It's a league of assassins. Like, they are a bunch of assassins that work for a secret society. There's differences, but I just mean, like, you could do, to break it up from the League of Shadows stuff that was in the Batman Begins to the Dark Knight universe, they could do the Court of Owls. I think that would be interesting. Um also, one thing I saw some people throwing around was uh, Black Mask. You you don't seem intrigued by that idea. No, it's like I don't dislike Black Mask, but I guess like now that we're at this point, like Christopher Nolan got to do his ultra realistic Batman movies. The at least the tease of you know in in Batman v Superman is like this Batman can kind of go bigger, go bolder um with like the the action sequences the the cinematography the the mm-hmm. theatrics the fantasticalness of it all so like um black mash is kind of like hey another crime boss yay well okay i mean i hear that but i think there is some really cool stuff you can do with it where yeah the crime bosses came and went and as as a man like as as men go they all get defeated and so you have somebody who kind of emerges like you know who you don't know who he is behind that mask. And in sort of that same way, he's a, a counterpart to Batman. They could do like um, the Arkham origin storyline where he gets a bounty on his head and has to, see, I was trying to think of a way for Deathstroke to be in there. Cause I think that could be really cool and that you could have some really awesome fight sequences. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, you have to stay true to Deathstroke being a mercenary, uh, you know, have him be there for very specific purposes, but not have him be the big bad guy. Because I think he's yeah. very rarely the big bad guy in any story. Ah, oh, in Teen Titans, where he originated. That's true. 
I don't know. It's tough. There's so many Batman stories you could tell. And obviously we're dealing with a very specific type of Batman at a very Mm. specific point in his career. So it's like they could use it as almost to launch their own little Batman mini universe where you can split off into a Nightwing or a Batgirl movie um, by introducing the fact that like, okay, Dick Grayson was Robin, but grew up. Jason Todd's dead. You'll probably never get uh, Tim Drake in, in the movies. And then if Jenna Malone is Batgirl, then boom, she's Batgirl. Which would be kind yeah. of cool. I'd, I'd actually probably watch a Jenna Malone Batgirl movie. I would. I. It would be great if we could get a Batgirl movie. I don't see us getting one. If they, I mean, if they could do a Birds of Prey thing. I think that would be pretty rad. Have like sort of a female ensemble superhero team. Uh, I think, man, we need we need a female ensemble superhero team movie. Or at least more females than male characters. Well, yeah. You have to be. I mean, the Justice League, you basically have Wonder Woman. They didn't even try to put, like, Black Canary or someone in there. Oh, yeah, man. The Avengers, they're really knocking it out with Black Oh, Marvel. no. The Avengers gets the same criticism. Right, right. Uh, I, I don't know. I just think it would be really cool. Like, having, you know, like the three, uh, having Black Canary, Batgirl, and Huntress? Who knows? I think it could be really cool. So DC, you can send the checks to P.O. Box 3, and I will find them. Uh, Continuing on in the movie news, and I promise this is the last bit of movie news we're talking about tonight, uh, it is that Wolverine 3, hashtag one last time, will be set in the future. And that is all we know. So I think they're doing some variation on Old Man Logan. Right. They can't do Old Man Logan pure because many reasons. Hawkeye is not in this universe. Uh, Mysterio is not in this universe. Red Skull is not in this universe. Uh, Bruce Banner, not in this universe. I could just keep listing Marvel characters that are not in this universe that play some part in the Old Man Logan storyline. Uh I will be very interested to see how they adapt it. I'm not interested in everybody online kind of ramping up to it and being like, oh, here's, you know, expecting it to be an Old Man Logan pure adaptation like everyone expected Civil War to be a pure adaptation for so long. Uh, Also, Wolverine is flipping us off with his middle claw. (laughs) What a jerk. That guy. That guy. Uh... Yeah, I think I think one more, Hugh Jackman. That's all you got in you. One more. Uh well, oh, the, we did this is not on the news, but uh oh, all the Hall H stuff from Comic-Con this year is going to be streamed. Cool. Yeah, which I think is about time. We don't know yet, of course, if they're going to uh stream them for a price, which I imagine they will, or if it's going to be free. It'll be curious to see. Ooh, this just happened. Uh, Channing Tatum. This is also not in the news. Channing Tatum joins Kingsman's sequel, Kingsman the Golden Circle, and we got our first teaser poster of the Golden Circle, which uh, tries to convince us that Colin Firth might not be dead. Oh, yeah. 
I mean, I'm cool with him coming back because just I was rewatching the movie the other day so this, and this is, that church scene just man, but yeah, but at the same time, like I obviously want it to be feel as organic and as authentic as possible, not just well, we probably shouldn't have killed him off. He responded really well to viewers, mm-hmm. so here's kind of like a half baked reason to get him back in. Yeah, but you know, you never know. Uh, so this is something that well apparently was posted an hour ago by Channing Tatum, but two minutes ago by uh, comic book resources. And uh, so, so the, the, the way that we found out Colin first character might be coming back is that there is a white poster with the words rumors of my death have been greatly exaggerated with the pair of the glasses that they all wore with one of the eyepieces missing or blacked out. And Channing Tatum uh, posted a similar poster that says, my mama always told me the British gave us Southerners our good manners with a pair of aviators on it. So is this going to be like a, is he going to be a member of a American Kingsman-like group? Nick, your thoughts? The pause is, the pause is a cue for you to talk. Uh, well... Maybe, uh, I don't know if I'd want them to do like an American version just to appeal well, to he's, American audiences. He's, he's already going to the American South in the film. That's confirmed. Uh, well, I guess they technically did in the first one, so it's not out of bounds. So, that'd be, uh, I guess I don't have any strong feelings on it. I just totally like, pfft. yeah, I mean... I just want the story to be good. I mean, I, I think Kingsman, you know, the first one is just a really, really enjoyable film. Uh, and I just want that to carry over into this sequel. Yeah. So, so can we just go ahead and, and confirm that Gambit is never happening? Are we at that place? I think we're getting very close. I mean, I, I don't want to say it'll become the next Deadpool. I think a Gambit movie could be really, really, really cool. Yeah. Even not yeah. to see Chan Tatum. And I like Chan Tatum. I just don't know if he's the, gambit we need did you see uh do you see what the name of the men in black uh 21 jump street crossover is 23 where the heck did that crossover come from it's genius mib 23 well because there's so i think that what the plot's going to be is that you're going to have those two join men in black because they've kind of they can't you know they already did high school they did college so next is alien invasion because they did all those fake sequels at the end of uh, 22 Jump Street? I never saw either of those films. You haven't? Oh, they're so good. I, 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 they've been on my list to watch for a long time. Oh, but I, I just love never... those movies. They're so good. But at the end, they... I mean, this is not really a spoiler, but they have all these fake posters and like kind of fake clips from a bunch mm-hmm. of movies where like they go to medical school, they go to veterinary school, they go to seminary, uh, they go to dance school. Like kind of playing up the idea of, and they like label them like, um, you know, twenty four Jump Street, twenty five Jump Street. They just like they go with that. So I think it's really funny uh, for them to. Apparently, they're going to embrace that, where it's all going to be continuity. All those fake movies they showed, um, and it's like, how are you going to do that and have any conceivable plot? Well, apparently, you have them go join the Men in Black. 
So is this something where we might potentially see Will Smith and um, Tommy Lee Jones? Tommy Lee Jones are or not, just the organization? They're not set to return. I imagine they will in some capacity uh, because nobody knew that Johnny Depp was going to appear in the first 21 Jump Street movie, even though he was on the TV show. Uh, and he did with another actor from the 21 Jump Street TV show who did not have a career nearly as successful as Johnny Depp. So sorry, guy, I don't know your name. Um, but I imagine they will be in some capacity, even if it's just like they pass by them in the hallway. But yeah, hmm. that's uh, that's coming out. It's that's also the Men in Black. It's also like funny because it's like saying it's Men in Black twenty three, like poking fun at the unending amount of sequels. Anyway, uh, our last bit of news is rebirth stuff. Yeah, so there's really more here than we can uh fully talk about, but why don't you go ahead and give us the uh the highlight. Just uh... So the rebirth one shot, it will potentially reveal the at least one death. Everyone's probably thinking new 52 Superman and at least three returns. Um I'm thinking at least three of the returns are probably like Alan Scott, Jay Garrick, and maybe like Ted Grant from like the Justice Society. If that's hmm. going to be something that kind of reforms, um, but I, that's all I really know. No, totally. Uh, yeah, they're, they're keeping things a little bit under wraps, but it comes out what next month. Right. No, June. Uh, June. Right. Oh, no. No, May, late May. May 25th. So next month. It's scheduled for at least May 20th. Yeah, that's what I thought. Uh, a first chapter on loss, followed by four alliterative chapters on legacy, love, and life. Both the end and the beginning of life, according to Johns. Uh, yeah, I would say it's a safe bet. New 52, or, yeah, New 52 Superman is going to be the loss. I think, I mean, they have a chance to tell some really awesome, important Superman stories in the next coming months. Mm -hmm. uh, where you have Superman, who they've really kind of made a street-level Superman uh, in the past couple years, to now returning the big, grandiose, pre-52 Superman, and just like the idea of, of symbol and all that. Ah, I... This is getting me like excited for Superman right now. This is really well, cool. Well, it's Peter Tomasi and Patrick Gleason, so. Well, yeah, but not even. And I think those are those are two guys who are really gonna be able to handle the storyline well. Mm -hmm. It's just gonna be super cool. Uh, did you see that art today from one of the rotating artists on Batman? Where from Mikel Janin, right? Yeah, they He's drew like in his underwear. Bruce Wayne in bat underwear. Bat underwear. Yeah, Batwear. Pretty amusing. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. Underbat. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch to star in How the Grinch Stole Christmas. He'll be voicing the Grinch. Don't care. So that pretty much wraps up the news for us here today. Uh, quite a bit there. Quite a bit. I should probably add the Channing Tatum news so I remember to put that in the show notes. Joins, uh, was it Kingsman? Kingsman, the Golden Circle. Kingsman, the Golden Circle. That's a song, right? Yes. Cool. 
Well, in that case, we will move on now to what sound have I been playing for recommendations again? Uh, You're just a dick. Well, I don't know. You're just a dick. Right, that, I mean, that's a classic one, but I think I've been playing. You boys aren't nerds, are you? We are nerds, and we're going to share some nerdy thoughts with you. Nick, do you have a recommendation this week? Yeah, I do, actually. Kind of like, I don't even know which one to settle on, so in theory, I'm going to recommend both. Uh, as far as books I've been catching up on and I've been enjoying, one has been uh, Wayward, an image comic written by Jim Zub and drawn by Peter Cummings, maybe? Wow, I probably should have had that uh, ready to go. Uh, Wayward's one, and then I've also been rereading Nowhere Man, which I may have recommended before. I actually may have recommended both of them on the show, now that I think about it. Um, but, long story short, Nowhere Man, because it started picking back up again with a new artist, which... It's a shame, but it is what it is. Um, it's, it's almost like a riff on like the Beatles as scientists creating the Fantastic Four. That's the best way to describe it. Basically, you have these four guys that are like super scientists that are like rock stars. Like science is the new rock and roll. So it's like the the idea of like being a celebrity is sort of ingrained in this with science, which isn't always the case. Uh, and basically, they go on to create a company called World Worldcore. Uh, and then fast forward to the future and this group has had like falling out, one's missing, all this crazy stuff. Uh, and one of them had like a secret space station where everyone got sick uh, and then they got quarantined and it turns out that they're not necessarily sick, but they've been transforming because of some unknown, for some unknown reason. Like one guy kind of turns into a thing like guy. It just, it gets, it gets crazier and crazier. Um, but it's, it's a, it's a well-written, it's a good book. It's got all these cool inserts, like, um, like newspaper clippings or the chapter of a book that some writer within the universe wrote uh, regarding like the team, um, all these like these advertisements for things that the company is doing. It really like gets you more and more immersed in the world. And I really like it. Mm-hmm. Wayward is the book about, um, about a girl named Rory Lane, who's half, Irish, half Japanese, and she's recently left living with her father to go live with her mother in Japan. Upon arriving in Japan, she starts to notice that, like the, all these red lines just kind of like flowing out into wherever, and she eventually finds out that she's what you call a weaver and can like manipulate uh-huh. reality Dream to a uh, certain weaver. extent. And she goes on to meet um, other people with mystical abilities, other uh, teenagers like her. Like one guy has to eat ghosts to live. Another girl can like, like she, if she touches certain man-made objects, she like, you know, like she touches like a metal rod, her arm becomes metal. Uh, uh, kind of like the absorbing man. I was going to say like the absorbing man. Um, now that I think about it. Another guy Wait a minute, that's not, emotions, a, that's not original at all. And another girl basically turns into cats. Which just sounds like something that my fiance would I was going to say, Anna must be all over that. Um, and it's just, it, it's a good book. It's, um, I'm only, uh, I think there's like 12 or 15 issues out right now. I'm on like a, a issue like seven or eight. Cool. Um, but I mean like both just fun, both uh, Steve Cummings. I was right about the last name. Hmm. Uh, is the artist on Wayward. And then Nowhere Man is uh, Eric Stevenson, who's actually the publisher of Image Comics and was being drawn by Nate Bellegarde, but he's left the book and I haven't caught up to the issues where the new artist is, so I don't know who the person. Cool. 
is but good stuff. David, recommendation. My recommendation. Occasionally, I will recommend that people go check out other podcasts that I really like that have to do with uh, comic stuff. Usually, it's uh, it's movies or sometimes uh, interviews. And this week, it is the latter. Uh, there is a NPR podcast I really like called Pop Culture Happy Hour, uh, where there are times where it is like the least pretentious of, uh, of NPR radio shows because they will talk about, you know, pop culture stuff like Magic Mike movies and stuff like that and really kind of, you know, get into it and have fun with it. And there's times where it's still a pretentious NPR show because they will throw around big words and and kind of get very avant-garde with with certain things uh but it's 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 one of my favorite podcasts typically of the week and they occasionally release what are called small batches where like hey we're not going to devote an entire episode talking about this but we still want to talk about it and this one they just released uh has an interview with black panther writer uh coates I have not had a chance to listen to the episode myself, so I'm kind of blindly recommending this based on my love for the podcast. Um, but if you enjoyed Black Panther or you're very interested in going kind of behind the scenes of writers and writing, um, then this is definitely something to check out. They, Looking at the show notes, they're very it's, it's pretty focused on Black Panther, not just Ta-Nehisi Coates. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to it and hopefully someone out there, uh, will give it a listen and really enjoy what they hear. Awesome. Uh, yeah. That's my recommendation this week. Nick, do you have anything else you want to share with us before we wrap things up this week? Remember kids, don't do drugs. Don't do drug hugs. Don't hug drugs. Don't hug drugs. Is that good? Drug guy? hugs. Drug. Wait, wait, wait! Don't don't hug drugs. Drug drug hugs. Hugs. Or pugs. I mean, but that just seems really inhumane. Pugs are pugs pugs are already on drugs. Pug drugs. Pug drugs. Oh, thank you so much for listening to the show, everybody. Uh, If you want to find out more about the show, you can head on over to heckyeahcomics. Dot. Com. You can also write us thoughts on anything we've talked about or anything you think we should talk about or anything in general. Just tell us how your day's going uh, over at heckyeahcomics at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at heckyeahcomics. You can find me on Twitter or Snapchat, sure, why not, at davluz, that is D-A-V-L-U-Z. And you can find Nick uh, trying to subsist on the ghosts of cats or something. I wasn't really paying attention. Uh, and of course, you can find us here next week. If you enjoyed the show, then please tell your friends. And if you hated it, then please tell your enemies. Until next time, bye. <laughs>